All right, everybody, welcome to Relay. We are so excited for this first episode of Chat with a Pro. And we are joined with Nikki Hiltz on the podcast. Welcome to Relay, Nikki. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so fun. I've never been on a podcast with so many people, but I, lo- I love it already. <laughs> are you overwhelmed? No, this is this is my this is my jam. <laughs> we have for sure bombarded you because when it was told that you would be the person coming on, everybody wanted to join. New American record holder here. So many exciting things going on for you. So let's just kick it off. How are you feeling now that you are an American record holder? <laughs> I mean, I feel great. I feel like it, it definitely has not sunk in yet. Um, it was, yeah, just kind of a crazy race, like um, kind of last minute. Like you don't find out that you get into Monaco until after USA's. Um, and so I actually initially was, um, I got, we were trying to see if I could get in before USA's and they said, okay, you can wrap it. So it was like, and then as soon after USA's I won, it was like, okay, no, you can get in now. So um, it's just like crazy how diamond leagues work and no one, I feel like no one even knows the method to the madness, but um, yeah, it was honestly just a super fun race. And like everyone, um, you know, Faith was obviously up front setting a world record. But I think the chase pack behind her was just like a really epic group of people and a, and a great race. So, um, yeah, it was just really fun to cross the finish line, see the American record, but then also see like everyone else around me setting national records. Um, so we were obviously like all in a great mood. And, you know, even Elise Cranny, the other American in it, like, um, no one was happier for me than her, which is like so sweet and special. And um, yeah, it was just it was just such a fun race. And and yeah, I feel I feel great about it. <laughs> I yeah, what I a felt- great way. To- oh, go ahead. No, you go. You go. Well, I was just gonna say what a great way to like kick off or like carry momentum into the world championships. Um, which when do you leave, by the way? I mean, we're we're coming up against that, aren't we? Yeah, I leave um, on Monday. So um, yeah, I think we're like 10 days out from the start of it. And I think I'll get there like five days before round one. So um, yeah, it's coming up. I'm excited. I keep seeing all these like the countdown to Budapest. And it's just, it's really like, like it's coming up. But I also didn't realize how long it was between US champs and worlds. Like we do kind of have like, it was six weeks or is six weeks. And so um yeah, I, I think it's kind of almost gone by slowly because I'm like after Monaco, I was like, oh, let's just keep going. Like, you know, I want it to be like tomorrow. So I have all this momentum. But um, no, it's been good. Like I've had, you know, a few I don't know how much more fit you can get within like four weeks, but I'm just like maintaining. I've been having good workouts. And um, yeah, I think it's it's also that good feeling of like I'm really itching to race again. And I think that's a good place to be in like um you know, like I'm excited to race, to get racing again. Yeah. I think that's so important because sometimes you go in, I was in situations where I was like, I just want this to happen and that's never good. Right. I I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about, I've watched you race the last three years and I just feel like there's this confidence and smiling and happiness that we're seeing this year. And tell us a little bit about the last couple of years to get to that place. Cause I felt like when I watched you race, especially last year, there was like a little, not, I don't want to say stress, but a little pushing. And this year I feel like you're just, I, I, I don't think I've not seen you smile like in a race. And also when I saw you run that 800 where you literally threw yourself over the line, I was like, Nikki so Hill, so awesome. no, it was so awesome. I, was I like, rewatched that like five times. I was like, same. Yeah. I was like, how did I not get DQ'd? Well, who cares? You did it. Who I was cares? like, Nikki yeah. Hiltz is here to play. Like Nikki Hiltz isn't happy with winning the U S indoor championship. They want to get on this world team. And then you win USA. So talk to us about this transition over the last year. Yeah, um, I think I just like, probably from like 2020 to 2022, I was just like, figuring a lot of things out. And like, um, you know, emotionally, physically, like mentally, like, I was just like, kind of going through it. And I think you can like, see that in my performances. I just I was I think stressed is a good word. Like, I was stressed. And then sometimes even so stressed that it was like, I felt overwhelmed. Um, And then this year, I feel like it's just like, I stopped like, caring I was like I feel like I just let go and I was like you know like it's 
actually the worst thing has happened. Like the worst thing in our, in our heads as athletes is like, what if I get last at USA's, you know? And it's like, I did, I literally got last like two years in a row essentially. And I was like, and I'm okay. Like I, you know, came home to like a partner and dog who love me. Like I have a great coach. I live in a great place. And that was like, actually like gaining that perspective those two years I think was is really helpful in that in this 2023 I can let go and be like actually I don't even have an outcome or goal I just want to like go race like do the thing that I've always loved and that's like racing and so um it's kind of weird because I think people and everyone's different but like you know I think you hear a lot of people be like write your goals down and then like hyper focus on them and that's how they're gonna happen and like for me it's just like I think it needs to be the opposite like I'm like no expectations, no outcome. I'm just going to go do and like focus on process and not outcome. And like, um, that's just like really been working for me. And so, um, and then also, yeah, like having fun while I'm doing it is like, has always been like, I think kind of like a core value of mine of like, if you're not having fun, like what's the point? Like, you know, um, and like, so I think sometimes like the smiling beforehand or like waving to the crowd or like, sometimes it is like faking it. Cause I'm like, uh, I am super nervous, but I'm like, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. And then like, <laughs> like it's genuine, like, I think it's psychology. Like if you smile, then like your body is flooded with like good feelings and hormones or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, sometimes it is like forcing myself to be like, I'm happy. I love this. Like, this is fun. Not scary. You know? <laughs> I love that, Nikki. I read that on your Instagram <clears throat> recently. I think it might have been on the post where you broke two minutes in the eight, but you talked about how instead of focusing on the outcome and like the splits and being so tied to the watch, uh, you've really just been in the process of your races this year um, and you've just enjoyed the racing piece of it. And I absolutely love that. And it's something I have to remind myself of quite a bit. Um, so seeing you talk about that was was awesome. And we're seeing it obviously um, in the results and the outcomes you are having because of that mindset. So it's pretty cool. How do you how do you think you've gotten to that place? Um, it's a big like Mike Smith, my coach, he like he's very big on like um no outcomes, you know, or like uh yeah, like like um so I think but I also think it is kind of how I've always approached this sport. I've um I've never been someone that like gets excited about a fast time. Like I really like competing and racing like I like even even like my Monaco race or the American record like obviously like so cool that I have that title but I'm like I look at that race and I'm like I got six like that's not good you know like <laughs> we're our harshest critics obviously but I'm like I think my favorite races are the ones like I can win or um, get top three you know um, and so I think I've always kind of had that mentality and then just like so many conversations with Mike about like kind of deconstructing the way we think about things. And like, if you, if you are so process focused and like, like the outcome is going to take care of itself. Um, I think in at USA's, for example, there's so much hype around like, and there's so much noise. Like, it's like, who's going to be top three, who's going to win, like, who's going to be the team. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's like, it's almost like a game I had to play with myself. Like every time my brain would, would go there, even in the mix zone, when I would get asked about it, like, how can I like, no focus on the doing, how can I like, okay, I, I'm going to like have a really great last hundred, like, or like at 500, I'm going to make this move, like kind of go back to process instead of like saying I'm going to be top three. Cause like me saying like, I want to win USA's like, I actually have no control over that. But me saying like, I want to have a really, really good last hundred. And I want to at a hundred put myself in the best position possible. Like that's something I can control and always go back to. And so um, yeah, it's, I think it's just like really been working for me and I, I just want to like keep doing it. And that's, it's kind of like a fun game of like, for me of like, okay, I, I want to like, there's so much noise and around being top three or winning or like even worlds like meddling. And it's like, how do I not ever think about that? And like, go back to like the doing and being in the moment and process. Okay. Well, I'll jump in here then. Because <laughs> this, if this is kind of a, on the same topic, Laura and I were talking about this before you logged on, which is that you have established yourself as one of the best runners in the world, certainly one of the best runners in the United States. So how do you maintain your love and your joy in the process as you lead into an Olympic year? As you know, you've already been through it in 2021, the stress, the hype, it's just next level. 
And but it's still just the same race that you ran six weeks ago or whatever to qualify for it. So how do you keep being Nikki, be be true to Nikki in this next year as you lead up to an Olympic cycle or an Olympic Games? Yeah, I think it's it's obviously going to be hard because it's um, there's even more noise around an Olympic year, like you said. But um, I think just uh, another thing, like. I like to do is I, I'm a very visual person. I like to like visualize races and like visualize myself making moves or like, if someone does this, how do I match it? And like, there's a million different ways the 1500 could be run. And like going into, um, USA's, I, I thought of like a thousand different ways that race could go. And it went nothing like out of the, any like <laughs> things I had pictured. <laughs> So I think like from now until the trials, just like every day or whenever it crosses my mind, like um, think about it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, like Ellie Perger St. Pierre, she might be back. Like, what would she do? And then, or like Corey likes to make a big move at 300. Like what, you know, like really like just think of every possible scenario between now and then. And like, obviously there's going to be some days where it doesn't even cross my mind, right? I'm like stressed about packing pride 5k shirts like I'm not thinking about the trials or like um but like some days like two weeks before it's gonna cross my mind every day multiple times a day and like just be calm and confident in like my abilities and then like my ability to match any move possible or oh be the one to make it you know like so um I don't know it's it's gonna be hard and a challenge and like Olympian is like obviously something I would love to add to my resume it feels like one of the only things I haven't checked off yet. Um, but like at the end of the day, also, like I said, knowing that if I get fourth of the trials, like I'm still coming home to like a great life and like my world doesn't end. Um, my world doesn't start and end at the trials, you know? Um, so yeah, I think just trying to like keep that mindset and it's hard, like it's a very hard thing to do to not be outcome oriented. But, um, I think I'm, I'm just still learning and growing in that area. Um, like I think a lot of athletes are. Was it weird to pass a thing, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, feel can like you it would be weird. That, yeah, we the I last hundred of that. Yes. I need. Yeah, yes, I we need the rundown. <laughs> Every step, like when you realized there was an opening, when you realized your kick was still there, as you were pat, like we need to know the details. Also, Nikki, when I was watching it, I got on my feet. Uh, and I was screaming at the TV and I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to get a win. They're going to get their third national title. Like I was losing my mind because that field was insane. Like, I mean, like we're seeing across the board right now in, in women's running, just the depth of mm -hmm. every single event on and off the track. Um, and so anyway, that race was incredible. So yes, please walk us through just even like that last hundred or that last 400, like what goes through your mind? Like with 400 to go, I've always wondered this when I'm watching the team. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I can actually only really talk about the last lap. Cause I think before that I was just kind of like a blur. Um, all I remember before the last lap was like, just don't fall down. And I think Corey <laughs> said this too, like, just stay on your feet. Like I was getting, we were all getting like thrown around and like, that's just like the 15. And especially when it's, it's not a crazy fast pace where we're all in a single file line. Like there's going to be jostling. And so um, I remember at 500 making a move, which I like to make a move there because it's, it's the hardest part of the race. You're a K into this thing. You're like this, it actually really starts to hurt then. And if I can like make a move, then it's almost like I'm gaslighting myself to like, be like, I don't feel pain. Like I have to make a move, you know? <laughs> Um, so I remember making it at 500 and also because I want to be in a really good position when the bell rings. And so I put myself up, like, I think I like took the lead and then I was like, no, I don't really want the lead. I just want to be up here. And then, um, so then the bell rang, I was probably in like fourth and I was like, that's the fun part. Like when the bell rings, there's this, like, I feel like it's like Pavlo's like dog or whatever. Like, I feel like just this jolt of adrenaline. It's like, okay, now we get to race. And so, um, I think with 400 to go, I was like, don't get boxed in, like stay wide. Um, 300 to go. I remember like a thing and Corey kind of making a move and I'm like, just latch onto them. And then at 200 to go, I, at 200 to go, I was like, you're on the team. Like, I just like knew I was like, I have so many more gears left. I know everyone around me also has so many gears, but I'm like, I, you just know, I don't know how to explain it. Um, and then at 100 to go, I was like, oh, I think you can win. <laughs> it was this moment of like, I'm in a great position and I have 
like two more gears left. Like that never happens on the hundred to go. Like you may, you maybe have one. So I made like a surge and then I think I just with 50 to go, I really punched it. And then, um, yeah, it was, but I do remember being like, Oh my gosh, am I out kicking a thing though right now? Like what is going on? I was wondering and if that I, was going on in your brain. Cause that was going on mine. I was like, Oh my God, they're doing it. Holy shit. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't have been surprised if like she had pulled out another gear too, just cause she's so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I was like, I just had it. I had the most left that last hundred and it was in a good enough position to, to use it. So um, yeah, super, super fun race. And like, I had no idea like that Sinclair even fell or like what was happening behind me. Cause you're just like tunnel vision, like, you know, get to the, that tape and, um, yeah, just, just super, super fun race. And like very stressful, I would say up until that last lap. Cause you're just like, like, I remember one other memory before that was like Danny Jones stepping off mm-hmm. and she stepped off like right next to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what happened. Like, what, is she okay? And then I was like, no, focus. Yeah. Like, you can yeah. ask her after Bring the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really quick, I didn't want to, before we get too far away from something you said earlier about overwhelmed and stressed, um, there's like so, there's so many people right now that are overwhelmed and stressed. And I just wondered if you could give them and myself some advice about like how to get out of that moment and how to uh, maybe live in it and move on. Yeah. I mean, I think you just said it like, live in it and move on like I I think in those moments where I was really like stressed it's like every time I told myself like you don't have to be stressed you know it almost made me more stressed of like um so it's like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to feel those things um and just know that like it's not forever and that's like the hardest thing to like believe in those moments of like this is temporary. This isn't going to be your life forever, but like, it's so important just like to know that that's true. And like, um, you know, keep like, I think my partner, Emma is like a big proponent of like, are your needs getting met? Like, are you sleeping? Are you hydrating? Are you like just taking care of yourself? And like, I think sometimes in those moments, like that's all you can focus on, right? Like I could be like, I want to make the, the team or I need to like do this, but it's like, actually just focus on like, going to bed or like, um, yeah, eating good foods or like hydrating. And like, um, I don't know. I think also the people that you surround yourself with is huge. And like, um, you know, if you're, yeah, just people that people and things that, that fill you with, um, joy or, are so important. Um, I don't know. It's hard. And like, we we're all like trying to navigate just mental health struggles in general, but, um, yeah, I think just know also you're not alone was, was really huge for me. And like, um, yeah. And like, okay, I feel like I'm the only one that's overwhelmed or stressed, but actually like, you know, everybody feels this all the time in, in their own ways. So, yeah. I've, I think it's really interesting yeah. to talk about the word feeling there. And I think especially as athletes, sometimes we can switch it off and sometimes not know how to switch that back on. So it's really interesting. I know you can't speak for everyone, but I think everyone can definitely relate to that feeling of how to feel and, and allow things to happen and just observe them from that place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even before a race, like I, I get so, no matter how confident or how much momentum I have or like, like I get so nervous or I'm like so scared and like um, the day of the race, like so much doubt will like, you know, come into your, your head. But like, I think I've learned to like, oh, okay, that's here right now. Like, just like, I'm going to say hi to it. Like, hi, how's it going doubt? Like, you know, and then it's going to pass. Right. Whereas I think before maybe at the trials of 2021, like so much doubt would happen. And I would spend so much energy being like, don't think that don't think that like, you know, like pushing it away instead of just like welcoming it. And then and then it eventually passes. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's a great point. It sounds very like this is very 2023. Like we're all in therapy. We've all like worked through these. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking about things I've talked to my therapist about. So where have you had these conversations? What are you listening to? Like, are you listening to certain podcasts or talks where people are talking about these kinds of things? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely someone that like is always trying to learn more about myself or like personalities or like, um, not even personalities, but yeah, just like 
so I really love Brene Brown and I like listen to all her podcasts. Like, um, I think she's just so wise and has done so much research in and around like emotions. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I think it's Emma is also like, um, yeah, just like one of the smartest people I've ever met. So we just like all of our conversations all the time are about like dissecting like our feelings or emotions. And like, I think that's just maybe any queer relationship. Uh, <laughs> but then, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I do like to consume a lot of like, um, I don't know. I'm always just like trying to better myself or like, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but like, um, I don't really know of a lot of people that do like, like on, on their run, like listen to like Brene Brown, like talking about how to like, I don't know, <laughs> like, um, but that's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's intriguing to me. <laughs> You're listening to Brene while you run. Yeah. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I do well, too. I do too. Also, I, okay. <laughs> I've had Ellie, one of your training partners, Ellie Hennis, on my podcast, and it just sounds like y'all have like this really strong group. And Mike Smith is an amazing coach. Rachel Schneider, like such good people you're surrounding yourself with, and that is such a big part of it. Can you talk about? Well, first of all, how long have you been with the group? Yeah, I moved here in March of 2022. So I spent the, yeah, it was like kind of right at the start of outdoor season last year. Um, But yeah, no, 100%. Like the people here are, I think what has allowed me to like, um, thrive. And like, when when I'm in a space where it's like, I just feel so safe and supported. And like, and then also like, we can go on our runs and talk about astrology or Myers-Briggs. And like, um, I don't know, it's like, it, yeah, it, it definitely is. I feel very safe with the people here and they're They're also just like phenomenal athletes in their own rights. And like, I, I'm constantly trying to like learn from them or like, um, yeah, just like, I just staying really curious about like, I, they're both like 5k, um, 10k runners. Right. But I'm like, I, I don't know you guys, like Rachel, you've made teams before. Like, how'd you do it? Or like, you know, how, like, what do you think about? And like, um, no, they're just, they're great, like friends and mentors and like training partners all in one. And so, um, yeah. And then on, on the men's side too, it's like, Woody has, has just joined within the the last like eight months. And, um, you know, he's, I think he's really wise and like, um, he also has a good, good mindset and like Abdi Hamid is like, um, you know, so funny. And he, he just brings like the best vibes to practice and, you know, and then you have Mike Smith, like the ringleader, who's just like this, like, he's so I don't even know how to explain Mike, but like, I could, I could nerd out and talk to Mike about like, um, you know, tactics in the 1500. And then we'll also talk about like, all these beetles that were at his house the other day that were like hissing at him. And like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just like, yeah, it's just good vibes, for sure. Group dynamics. Yeah, Nikki. Oh, go ahead, Kara. Okay, I was just gonna go on this topic with the group dynamic, you guys are having so much success across the board that it seems like there'll be a lot more people wanting to join your group. So how does that feel? Do you feel like, oh, the more the merrier, or do you guys want to preserve what you have? It seems like what you have is very, very special and it's attractive probably to a lot of athletes, um, in the situation that they're in. So what does, what would you guys think about more people? How does that work for all of you? Do you guys talk about it? Yeah, I think it, it has to be like, um, I think for now we're, we're preserving it and we're, that door is, I think for the most part going to be closed. Um, cause you also have, you know, Mike, Mike is first and foremost, like the NAU men's and women's coach, like that's his priority and, you know, um, his main income. And so we, um, we understand that, right? Like we're, he's not at every meet, he's not even at, you know, 5% of the meets like and so we do to a certain part have to be pretty independent as pros um which I love and I think has allowed me to grow in a lot of areas um and but yeah I mean it when someone like a Woody like it does work out and they they did move here and they like you know Mike has agreed to coach him it's like they have to be a good fit and they have to um you know, click with us and, and bring good vibes. And so, um, yeah, for now, I think, I think we like, we're going to keep it small and we're going to just, uh, stick with what we have. But, um, 
yeah, you never know what's, um, you know, who's going to show up and flag. <laughs> Seriously, it's like Boulder. You never know. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, know. wait, who's here? Like, I can't keep up. Um, <laughs> exactly. But uh, you kind of touched on this, Nikki, but um, what did that process look like for you when, um, again, I'm going to sound like a creeper, but you had talked about on your Instagram because so much of what you talk about in its different own kind of way resonates um, with me. And so uh, you talked about, like trusting yourself when it's time to pivot and to kind of make that change. Um, so what did that look like for you? How did you like get there and then make that shift over to Flagstaff? Cause you moved and you joined Mike and then you also um, partnered with a new sponsorship in Lululemon. And so what did, what did that process look like for you and kind of what led you to being like, it's time to make some changes. Um, it's time to trust it and to, and to shift like what were, how did that go? Yeah, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of shifts happen when um, Olympic years are over. And that was, uh, it was a very similar situation. Like my contract um, with Adidas was up in the end of 2021. And I was like, I, I want a new sponsor. Like I need a new brand. I need, I need to work with people who have the same values as me and like the same vision for like everything I'm trying to do like on the track, but also off the track. And so that was huge for me. And then I also, I just felt like my time in San Diego was up. Like I had moved there in 2018, right after I graduated, I spent like, um, yeah, a little over two years there or three years there. And I was like, I think it's just time. Like it was just this gut feeling. And I had gone in November of 2021, I had gone to uh, Flagstaff for like an altitude camp um, for six weeks. And I was like, when we were, when Emma and I were here, we were like, why does this feel like home? Like, what's like, what is this like weird pull that we're getting? Um, and so then I, I met up with Ellie and Rachel. I did a lot of my workouts with them and runs and just with like the whole community here, you can run with someone different every day. But um, I just found myself kind of kept like going back to like Rachel and Ellie. And like, um, yeah, I was like, we just had conversations on the run and I was like, guys, I think I need a change. And they're like, move here. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then, um, you know, obviously talk to Mike and see if that was like a possibility for him to take on another pro. And, uh, you know, if he was willing and, um, yeah, it, he was like, you fit in, like, I don't really know you at all, but, um, let's do it. <laughs> like, so yeah, it was, it was very like, um, trusting your gut and like also, in the, in the, like how this sport is built and like the contract being up and like, okay, I'm going to change coaches, sponsor, like, I'm just going to change everything at once. Cause why not? <laughs> I love that. And yeah. Yeah. So I moved here in March of 2022. I, I spent the indoor season in San Diego still just cause I had to figure out moving and all that stuff. And then I didn't sign with Lou 11 until that June. So when I moved out here, I was unsponsored and I was like, you know, talking, talking with my agent, and Emma, and like, my parents, like all the all the people in like my close circle about it. And it's like, look, I think you need to like prioritize a group or like prioritize training partners, a coach where you live. And then the last thing is the contract. And like, that's gonna happen. Like you're, you're, you are a good enough athlete to get a contract. Like, let's just like, let's prioritize those things and then it's going to fall into place. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Um, you know, it, it was a, definitely a longer process than I thought it was going to be kind of the, those first six months of 2022 is like very strange being an unsponsored athlete. And like, um, but, uh, you know, I had a conversation with Lululemon in like May, March or April. Um, and it was like, yeah, that's the brand. Like, that's who I want to be with. They, they, you know, they get it and they, they're going to support me. Like, my like they were like yeah no pride 5k we want to be a part of that you know and it was so cool to, and so refreshing to like have that be the conversation instead of like well you know you did really well in 2019 but like you kind of had a shitty trials like uh you're like it was every single other conversation was me like trying to defend my performances and like okay I was just like going through some stuff like I promise like you know I'm with Mike Smith now like trying to like advocate for myself and like I promise my performances are going to be better or like defending why I had a bad trials and it was just like exhausting and then it was so refreshing to just have a conversation with their like oh no like you're a great athlete you're doing great things like we want let's talk about the pride 5k like how can we help you know you're already doing great things like how can we help support that and I was like 
oh my gosh, like what a relief. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a no brainer to, to continue and to want to work with Lululemon just after that, that first phone call. I mean, Lululemon is for sure having a moment, a year, whatever. <laughs> Do you think more brands are going to start embracing the whole human outside of their performances? I mean, that's clearly what Lululemon is doing across the board with, you know, the big distance group they have going on that Steph Flippin, one of our team members, is a part of as well. Um, are other brands like Saucony and Brooks and New Balance – and I'm not throwing any of them under the bus. We have a great Saucony athlete on our team. But I'm just saying, do you think other brands will start picking this up? I think they should. You know, um, I don't know if they are, but like, I I think the model like works. And it's like, um, yeah, it's also like, what do you want your brand to say about like, like, I get that track and field is about like, all these contracts are like performance based. Like, I get it. It is about like, the world championships and Olympics and all that. But like, um, I don't know, don't you want people representing your brands, like the people that are doing the work in their own communities and like outside of the, just those like, let's get medals, you know, vibe. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Wazelle just did um, something incredible, you know, by signing like um, all those unsponsored athletes and like, you know, specifically like women of color. I think that's incredible. And like, I think, um, I think more and more brands are moving in that direction of like, oh, this doesn't have to be like crazy performance based. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, you spoke to it yourself. I mean, you said that a lot of the success that you're experiencing, especially this year is because you're able to enjoy it because you have that perspective of, okay, worst case, I'm last at USA's, I'm still going to go home to Emma, my dog, my life, my support system, and all these other amazing things that you're doing as a human being. Um, and I think, again, having a brand understand that human side of what we do and who we are um, is what allows us to really like sink into who we are and then have success uh, based off of that. So um, like you said, I hope more continue to uh, follow that model and really support not only the athlete, but like the human <laughs> uh, as well. Yeah. Such an important piece of like what we do. And we're so much more than just our performances, um, as you know. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just going on that point about the human side, you know, we can talk about inclusivity, which is important. Um, but how do you get the balance right between talking about inclusivity, being an advocate, but protecting your own peace? Because it's not all like we're all like singing Kumbaya, holding hands, skipping in the sunset. You get a lot of resistance as well. How do you get that balance right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's still something I'm trying to, to navigate and figure out. Um, but I think like I think boundaries uh, and setting those have been like huge for me and like um, – you know, when it comes to like people who online are like, um, yeah, just like commenting really like horrible stuff. Like I'm like, okay, you're blocked. Like, you know, like boundaries, like, you know, um, or in like, if I find myself like, uh, you know, I, you don't, I don't ever try to do this, but all of a sudden I'm just like in comments, like scrolling and I'm like, ah, like I need to set a boundary for myself. And like, I'm like, no, put your phone away. Like, you have other things to worry about. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely just something I'm still trying to figure out. And, um, I think, yeah, ha just having like knowing that the people that are in and around me, like love me and support me is like always super grounding of like, um, yeah, there are these ignorant people out there, but I'm like, they're not, I don't know. I, I saw this like TikTok the other day, maybe it was like a reel of Tom Holland. And he said this quote, and I think maybe he stole the quote from someone else. But it was like, um, if you have a problem with me, text me. And if you can't text me, then you're not you can't have a problem with me. Like, I don't know you, you know, <laughs> like, it was something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's how I feel like the people in my life that can text me, I'm so open to feedback. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm doing something like, you know, wrong, or like, I said something that was like, inappropriate or like maybe came off bad like and they they check me on it I'm like oh my gosh yeah like for sure like how can I like learn and grow in that in that space but like if you're just like some some random stranger on like let's run or like the internet or like in my comments 
I'm like, why would I even entertain this for half a second? Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think just like always kind of reminding myself of that, that like the, the people that mind, uh, they don't matter. And then the people that matter, like they'll never mind. I'm sure Brené Brown said something like that, didn't she? About taking opinions Probably. from like people <laughs> in the cheap seats. <laughs> to yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to what you said before about just having your circle of people, even in running, but I'm sure that extends to wider life. Like once you've got your circle of people that you respect and you trust, just like everyone else, I'm not going to swear, but you know, F them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when Marcus talks about balance, I guess my mind goes to you are this role model and advocate for so many people. Um, young people who are scared when they come out to identify as something they weren't pre- previously identifying as, like they're scared to do that, right? And I wonder what it's like to be the person that is front and center, always having to speak out. And does it ever get exhausting? Like, honestly, I even thought about it before this interview. Does Nikki even want to talk about this? Because she's asked about it or they're asked about it all the time. And I apologize for doing that. Um, But like, do you get exhausted by it? But also you want to be that person that other people can look to. Yeah. Yeah, it is. um, Yeah, it is like a balance of like, um, I would love to like, it would be so cool to like, just go through the mix zone and and I just get asked about my race, you know, or my performance. Like, so a, a big part of me is like, God, what would that be like? That would be so nice. But then I also like another big part of me is like, yeah, but it's so cool that you you are in a position of privilege and power to uplift this community or educate ignorant people. Or, you know, I, I feel like I have this like responsibility to to do so because I'm like, I can't imagine not talking about it. You know, this, this actually is something I can't separate because it is who I am and it is my identity. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely like gets hard at times or is awkward at times, but like, it's always worth it. I think, um, in just in the sense that like maybe someone who's just, they just love track and field, right. They're like, I, and that's the only reason they know of me because they were like, Oh, Nikki won the 1500 nationals. Right. And then because of that, they're like, oh, I also know that they're non-binary. I don't really know what that means, but like, okay, like, cool. And then they have like a kid one day and that kid is like, hey, dad, like I'm trans. And then maybe they know what that means because of me now. Or like, I don't know. I think it's just it's always going to be worth it to like, even if it's just one person who I help feel like more comfortable in their own skin or like oh like Nikki can come out and like have their pronouns affirmed by Kara Goucher on NBC like okay maybe I can come out too you know and so and people will affirm me in my gender just like Nikki gets affirmed like so I don't know it's just it it is like as hard as it gets it's always it's always worth it and um I think like I said there is certain times where I do have to set boundaries or like I'll look at Emma and I'm like okay today it's like a lot like I can't you know like, I just need to put my phone away today. Or, you know, like, I think I'm still navigating how to be my best self through it. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something I can't really separate um, for better or worse. I- it's, it's super impressive it's because you not only are you, you know, doing so much and mean so much to so many people for so many different reasons, um, you're still managing to set those boundaries and have balance and perform, you know, like, cause that's the, cause I mean, I'm not, um, there's just so many points in history, like in sport where someone stood up for something that they believed in and it, the boundaries and balance weren't there and it took them in a different direction and they weren't able to continuously deliver and get better. And this isn't a question, I mean, cause you're, you're, you're doing it and we see it. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. And it's just, it's super impressive and inspiring because what you're doing um, helps everyone that's involved. You know, people are called every, from every spectrum. So thank you for what you're doing. And also congratulations on continuing to succeed. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to jump in on that too, just as a comment of, as an athlete who spoke out, totally different situation, obviously. I am so impressed that you have been able to perform. I don't think people realize how hard that is. Um, 
And it's, it's honestly so impressive, Nikki. And also I have to tell you that you got me like super cool points with my niece's girlfriend because <laughs> she, she saw a TikTok where I was calling your race at US Nationals and I all of a sudden became like way cooler to her. So <laughs> I just want to kind of echo what Tommy's saying though. Like you are making an impact way beyond what you could possibly imagine, like possibly imagine. And I want to thank you too, because I think you, you don't even know, you don't even know who you're letting people like feel seen and heard and the way it's bringing people together to have these important conversations. So super impressive. And also just like, thank you so much. Oh, yes. thanks. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> I think, yeah, but I think like you, like you said, it's like, it's so hard to perform. And I think that's what, like I had, you know, I made the world team in 2019 and then it's taken me four years to make another one. And it's because within those like 2020, 2021, 2022, I couldn't perform because I was so like stressed and like, I was so overwhelmed with, um, you know, my identity and how I was being like perceived by others. And like, so it, it has like, taking me a while but I'm yeah I'm just grateful I'm so grateful I got through it and I'm like on the other end now um and it's it's also like thanks to to you all like you know people within the sport and like Lindsay you did like say she but then you quickly were like they and like that's perfect like that's exactly how you have to like navigate it like we're gonna mess up we're gonna like slip up sometimes like carol you know at the start it was really hard probably to call races especially like when everyone else is using she her pronouns and then you just have to remember okay but this one uses they that i'm like how that's impossible when you're in the heat of the moment calling a race but like you've learned and you've grown and now you've like you never mess up and it's so cool and it's so thanks to like this sport for making like that safe space for me to show up as myself and like because of that now I can perform and it's like like we went through those growing pains together and now we're here and now we're, we're not stopped we're not going back right like we're just gonna keep like progressing and making space for others and like we all love this sport and it's like I think we all share this common interest of like how do we make it a safe space for everyone or how do we get more people in the door that that aren't here yet and so yeah it's it's a really really cool cool thing and I'm so just so grateful for all of you I mean and then you made it you made it a safe space mm -hmm. too um you know with the way that you handled it you know I mean you just said it there like you know Kara she, we, people messed up and said a different you know said it differently than it should and you didn't immediately go on the on the offense or attack you didn't back down at all but you allowed for mistakes to happen and just made the correction and then just kept going forward um and I think that there's uh, I'm always going to, you know, re relate as a black person in America. So there's there's moments where, you know, you have to or you, you try your best to continue to move the conversation forward without making everyone feel like they have to shut down and, and fight and defend themselves. So you've just done a really great job at like working with creating a safe space from your side, too. I Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up because I was thinking in my head as I was talking, I need to say they. <laughs> and I'm trained trying to train my tongue, you know, and I actually thought after the fact, I'm so embarrassed. I want to edit this out because, you know, I don't want to be caught saying something wrong. And it was unintended. And you, yeah. you saw that. And I think that I think that's a really important thing to to just like even instead of edit out highlight you know yeah and so yeah. I appreciate that you brought that up and also that like you weren't offended like that I was doing it maliciously that I said that that I said the wrong pronoun on accident you know and so thank you for the grace and for continuing to advocate yeah I can I can tell when someone's maliciously trying to misgender me versus Lindsay Heim being like she I'm sorry that you know like, and you just yeah, no I got a really I got a really tough question all right um what's what what like three songs do you listen to before you run um I'm like such a Swifty so I put on <laughs> I just put on Taylor Swift I wanted to circle back to that Nikki because I was just like um I was like let's take a hot second you obviously went to her concert back in yes. March I think um what was that experience like for you <laughs> oh my gosh I it was magical like I did not get tickets like I was in the queue like everyone else and it just like my you know 
Ticketmaster. Oh, yeah, I know. It was... We all know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a hard obstacle to overcome. <laughs> that was hard. That was a dark day. But dark day. I, <laughs> There's, there's actually a video of Emma has of me and it's like 9 p.m. And I think I got in the queue at like 1 p.m. And I was like, oh, I'm in. And, and she like gets on her phone and like records. And I'm like, I click it and it's like no seats left. And I'm like, uh, and I just like so Just such a letdown. Such a letdown. But um, yeah, no, it was so I didn't have tickets. And I was like, but I was so convinced. I was like, but I'm going to be there. Like, I know I'm going to like, I'm going to get tickets. Like, it just whatever and so then sure enough like two days before one of my friends uh jessa hansen she trains in flagstaff um and she was like i have i have a ticket like do you want to go or like i only have one like do, like she group texted me emma and her and and emma like looks at me she's like you can go Aww. and so <laughs> uh yeah me and jessa went and ellie henna's also had tickets so we all met up and like um yeah it was the second night so she opened in phoenix That's and it right. was night two yeah so it was like the second night ever you know we didn't even know that like the surprise songs were gonna change yet like because it was like oh well she'll just play whatever she did the first night now and then it was like yeah, it was just so magical and like um it was just like such good energy and like I don't know, I saw a tweet the other day, it was like, I don't want the summer of Taylor or and Barbie to ever end. And I'm like, yeah, actually. Same, <laughs> Same. I wanna be here forever. <laughs> I wanna yeah. relive that night forever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so so before a race I actually I just put on Taylor and like shuffle. Um obviously if it's like a super sad, like all too well 10 minute version i might like skip yeah. before race uh, <laughs> wait nikki what's your favorite album or your top um, three albums i, I feel like we all need you. to answer this question by mm-hmm. the way this is yeah. important marcus tommy weigh in well hold on hold on well i just wanted to like just let you know when Lindsay Lindsay listens to tupac <laughs> before she worked <laughs> Hell yeah. while i'm working out tommy <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you're> <laughs> Uh, that's incredible. Um, I don't know. That's such a hard question. I I love. Um, I really like Lover um, and Folklore, and then it's such. A, I don't know. I feel like I'm all tied for third. Let's see. Um, maybe I'll go. I'll go 1989 just because I think she's gonna announce that soon. Yeah. Same. Same. I'm yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm lover. That's if I have to choose, yeah. that's my favorite. Okay. I don't even know Marcus. any albums. All I know is like the song oh. Shake It Off. That's all I know. Okay, so you're <laughs> a nineteen eighty nine the guy then. So yeah. I've never seen, yeah. seen the rock doing Shake It Off and that was for me was that that was that, that was my moment. <laughs> oh Marcus, get off. <laughs> Sorry, you can't sit with us. Um all right, Tommy, go. I mean, you, th- I mean I <laughs> you think I know a Taylor Swift album? I shouldn't stereotype myself, but I just, just not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say the same thing. Shake it off. You're going to go that route Shake too. Shake it off the album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, such I, a good I'm one. Sure I know. I mean, yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, wait, no, I mean, obviously, like... it, was a, it was a song, but the, yeah, the album choice. I knew that, obviously. It's just the song. I did say Lover. <laughs> no, you did not. But when. <laughs> When Folklore came out during the pandemic and then when Evermore got released and it wasn't even known, I legit cried. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, and I do like, folk, I like Folklore better than Evermore, but like the emotional, like I, there was like nothing to be excited about. And I was so excited about a new album that I could discover. So, but mm-hmm. I still say Lover, but I was very emotional about Evermore. Yeah. All right, Kara. Yeah, I mean, I am a Swifty, so I like it all. But uh, Folklore and Evermore, for sure. Like, they came out at a time when my life was shifting, and I lost two really important people in my life. And I would just open cry. Like, my my dog would be scared. And it felt so good, like, so good. So that really sealed my love of her, that that she had that versatility, and that, like, I could feel that from listening to someone's music. I don't even know what the hell she's singing about. But I know what I'm feeling when she's singing. You know what's you know? coming yeah. out when she's singing. And I know coming. that's the thing. She can just hit you differently, I swear. Yeah. When I when I need a when I need a good cry, I listen to it. Really? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's yep. fair. Yeah. Also yeah. get that. Turn it up really loud. Yes. The only senses you have is just like ears and tear ducts, you know? Yeah. 
Um, but... That's what we said offline to me. You said like even Tupac makes you cry. Everything makes you cry. Dear mom, we're just trying to. Try to throw Taylor under the bus here. I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake it off makes you cry. It's cool. It's cool. I've also been there. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the, the Adele song, When We Were Young, I, I cry when that comes on. Because I'm like, I'm yeah. not young anymore. <laughs> oh, that's why you cry. I, I think about like old memories and I'm like, it's all gone. <laughs> there's so many more to be made. Lindsay, you and I have to have a separate conversation about aging because I have found it to be like, amazing mm -hmm. and but i was fearful in my late 30s so it's totally separate from right now. so totally separate but... <laughs> yeah nikki you can jump in on this too no i'm i'm aging <laughs> how do you feel <laughs> amazing too but you're aging you are. oh please <laughs> I'm listen cute, nikki. <laughs> i'm turning 40 this month though so it's a big thing like it i is think big. that mm -hmm. when you hit the zeros it's like you know, when you hit a new decade that's a, i mean that's a so, big thing well 40 yeah, is like a thing that. right like i remember when my mom turned 40 and i was like oh my god because it was like they, my stepdad put in the papers so the night be before I turned 40 I will admit I was like kind of panicking like am I halfway through my life but I woke up the next morning I was just like still here I'm just older this is yeah. 40 <laughs> this is 40 yeah, I was gonna say I know I'm old enough that like I can say whatever the fuck I want and like people like I just don't care so anyway she doesn't care anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah. I look I mean I do I want to get I want to get yeah you same that just is, enjoy the cool. time trust me I wish my body felt the way that your bodies feel so there is a trade-off okay there is a trade-off <laughs> oh, I did watch this is 40 the other day and I was like oh it did not hit this way when I watched it when I was 25 <laughs> quit torturing yourself when the yeah. With a dad's like, why do you, this feels so dark. What, I what are you doing? <laughs> Let's pivot here. Let's pivot here. Let's, well, okay, pivot. I have a pivot sort of. Okay. Off, you know, we're kind of all on feels right now. Um, Nikki, your mom seems to text you the most amazing quotes before oh, all your races. I want to know more about that. Like, when did it start? Is it before like every single race? Like, how long has this been going on? Because I love when you share those and they're amazing. Like, she just gets it right uh, before the race even plays out. So. Yeah, I've, um, it started, we were actually talking about this the other day and we figured out that it started in, um, like NCAAs, I think my lot, like my senior year. So it's kind of been like, um, since I've been a pro, which is interesting. Cause I feel like it's like, you would think like it'd be young. I don't know, but, um, yeah, she, like, I think one of my last races, um, she just sent me a quote and I was like, and then I, I ran well, like I was second, um, I, you know, me and Jess Hole, like, I think it was within like half a second. Um, yeah, it was my last NCAA championship, second. And it was cool because it was the last race at Old Hayward before they tore it down. Um, anyway, so I think that's when it started. And then, yeah, it's every race. Like, it's not like that 800 at Azusa Pacific, you know, got a quote. And then, <laughs> you know, Monaco American Record got a quote. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, I've gotten a few Carrick uh, quotes. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I can tell, like, what book she's reading. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you're reading Kara's book right now. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. And then it was Lauren Fleshman. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then I saw you had a Michelle Obama one recently in there, yeah. too. And I was like, nice. I'm reading the second book right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, she just, she always knows, like, yeah, exactly what to say. And, and like, there are, there have been some races where, like, I, I think of the quote like in the race or yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's so cool. Like I have, I mean, my mom sends me a pre-race quote every race. Like I have an incredible support system. Like I'm so like, I'm of course I'm going to do well. Like, you know, like I have <laughs> just so much support and yeah. yeah. I do want to just shout out your mom because I think you and I messaged about this probably years ago. You were, you were sharing openly that you were transgender and I don't even remember how I asked you about it, but you were talking about how supportive your parents were. And I, it really, as a parent, made me feel like this is the response I want my son to have. I want him to know that I'm going to be there. Like, I love him and I love who he is and I love it all the way, 100%. And so just shout out to your mom because it really made me reflect on my own parenting and who I want to be as a parent and who I want to model for my son. So way to go, Nikki's mom. You're awesome. Yes. You yes. are awesome. Yeah. No, both my parents, like mom and dad, so supportive. And like, so just like all, my whole life too, like would say things like, 
to my sister and I, like, you know, we, we don't care. Like, I think there was like, sometimes we were in the car and there was like this like big, like, um, biker, like guy that goes by with all these like tattoos or whatever. And my sister's like, mom, what if I marry like someone like him? (laughs) (laughs) Testing the waters. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, would you still love me? Or like, I don't know. Um, and my mom was like, of course, like we would love, like, we will love you whoever you marry, even if you don't want to get married, even to if it's a woman, like, you know, would like drop hints, like my whole life, like, we are okay like Nikki we know you're gay and it's okay to come out to us you know like but um no but like like just yeah just like my whole life set up that like we are accepting we love you no matter what like we're gonna support you and love you and like yeah I mean if you're like yeah if you're someone that would like have an issue if your child was LGBTQ like I don't know if you should have kids like I think that that is like you know that's a very real possibility and if that's something like you are going to struggle with, like, maybe let's do some internal work and get through that. Because like, I, you know, parents are supposed to like, love their kids no matter what. And like, yeah, I'm so grateful that I that I came from like a family that, um, that is so loving and caring. And like, kind of kind of like what I was talking about the, before of like, I, I have so much privilege. Like, I know how, how not common that is for queer people to have parents that are that supportive. And like, because I do, and like, because I also have this platform, because for whatever reason, I'm fast and people care about sports in our society. Like, I do have this, like, privilege and platform. And so I'm like, of course, I'm going to, like, take on this responsibility and opportunity to, like, educate people and show that, like, no, I am supported and loved. And, like, if you're not doing that, like, you're getting left behind. And, like, you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, very grateful both my parents, mom and dad and and yeah, just everyone in my life and who has allowed me to, to take up space and like celebrate it. We love parent shout outs on this podcast. <laughs> We're forever talking about Peter Bromka's parents too. I mean, I think too, a lot of us, not all of the team are parents. And so when we hear about other people's parents, like these kinds of ways they treat their kids, we're like, oh, I want to emulate that. Like, and it's really inspiring. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Kara. Um, Okay, we probably need to wrap, but I do want to ask about Pride 5K. I was on a run with some people here in Raleigh the other day, which by the way, Nikki, everybody's very sad that you were not here for Sir Walter. I know. I, I Mike said no. Yeah. <laughs> so blame blame Mike Smith. Yeah. I, I wanted to be there. Yeah. Well, so we're sad, but somebody was saying that they're trying to do a race here. Uh one of your Pride 5K races here. Jess Hoffheimer, my friend, and she was like you should get involved. So anyway, I'm just curious with the expansion of it, what what's going on? <laughs> You're like what what does that mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um that's a great question so we have basically this year we've kind of last year we had our first in-person pride 5k in flagstaff and it was incredible to like meet all these people that i had like you know formed virtual connections with um but we realized like we it's a very flagstaff is a very specific place to get to there's not a big airport here like it's it's like accessibility wise it's not very like um accessible to our community and so we're like you know like, I think we need to kind of go back to our roots and make it uh, all virtual ways, which is how it started in 2020. Um, but then pick five cities and in those five cities, um, do group runs on the day of the race. And so that's what we've done. And it's, um, we tried to pick cities like, um, kind of spread out across the country. So like East coast, West coast. So it's San Francisco, New York, Houston, Phoenix, and, um, Atlanta are the five. And then we also put out, um, and those, so those are going to be, you know, at based, um, at Lululemon stores in those five cities. And then we also put out, Hey, if you're someone that like your city wasn't on the list and you really want to host one and organize it, like reach out to us and we'll give you all the tools to do that. So I think that's what's happening in Raleigh. Like there's, I have a, I do have a big, um, following there and they you know i love raleigh i love sir walter and i have created some yeah connections to that community and so i think like they are interested in hosting their own group run that day so um yeah we're we're like in touch with them and are gonna uh so it's very like 
it's like a race, but it's not a race. Like nothing about the Pride 5K has ever been a race. It's about completing a 5K together on this one day to raise money for, um, you know, queer organizations. And so that's, um, yeah, that's like the spirit of it. And that's what we're going back to. And like, uh, it was super cool last year to have prize money and all that stuff. And like, um, you know, obviously my professional runner friends like running it, it's like incredible representation and, you know, they're going to put it out to their platforms that they run the pride 5k and then their followers are like, Oh, cool. It's a cool to like support queer people, you know, but like, um, yeah, so we've kind of just gone back to our roots of like virtual race in all these five cities. But like, if one of those five cities wasn't on there and you want to host one, DM us, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Love it. And Nikki, you guys are yeah. working with Point of Pride this year? Yes. Yeah. We've switched it up and um yeah, working with Point of Pride and they're um so great to work with. They um their their whole thing is providing gender affirming care um and healthcare for trans people who can't access it. And you know, right now um in the US there's been I think over a hundred bills that have tried to stop gender affirming care for trans people, which is already a very hard thing to come by. And so, uh, yeah, this organization is just like kind of trying to combat those, that legislation and like, uh, make it a little bit easier for, for those people to get the care they need. And, um, yeah, I'm super, super stoked to like raise a ton of money for them because they just, they're doing the work in the community and, um, yeah, fighting the good fight. So, yeah. Um, and it's all like always, like all our proceeds go, go to them and, um, it's $35 and yeah, all you get a t-shirt. All you have to do is on October 7th, uh, complete a 5k. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Awesome. So can I-, I just ask a really left field question for you, Lindsay, wrap this up. I could, I could tell Lindsay's like, Let, let's wrap it up. But well, I was really going to ask you guys, how do we want to wrap up? But you go ahead. Marcus, he's okay. got it. <laughs> I got it. Okay, really random question. So recently, someone sent me a video of a guy who looks at my doppelganger. He's actually in the um, Australian World Cup. Um, he's fought in South Africa. Have you ever found your doppelganger? Or someone who <laughs> sent you a picture of someone that looks like you? I, I can't think of... Um, I feel like people say I look like you know, this happens to everyone. It's like, Oh, you look like so-and-so. And And then you're like, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, I've gotten, who's the guy with, he played Eddie Redmond, the guy that in like, um, like fantastic beasts, the guy with all the freckles. (laughs) Someone said I looked like him once. And I was like, what? (laughs) It's one of those where it's like stuff like that. You're like, what do I do with this? Like, like, thank you. I don't, okay. This feels weird. I just looked it up. I just looked him up. I mean, no. Nah, nah, really. yeah. No, but it's cool. But I do get a mix of like men and women for that. So I'm like, it is kind of gender affirming to like, yeah, like I, I guess I am very endogenous yeah, and like, yeah, it could, could be either or both. <laughs> but you're like, well, you're off the friend list. If they get it completely wrong, it's like, yeah, because I completely looks nothing yeah, yeah. like me. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the those are the, those are the boundaries you have to set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta go. Okay, so this is our first chat with a pro on relay. So I I haven't really totally thought through how we're gonna close these episodes out. Um, you know, I always just say like, what is the last message you want to leave with the audience? That's what I say on my podcast. Laura, do you have a any other way you want to close it out? I like that. I um. I was thinking, I, I wanted to ask you this at some point, we didn't get to it, so we can feel it out if we like the closure of this. Um, what would you like say to your younger self um, now, mm. being where you are? Yeah, um, I think I get that question a lot. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I think of like younger Nikki and like, they actually... I think had it all figured out. And so I would like to ask them um, for advice. But uh, yeah, just I feel like they, I guess they weren't sometimes, you know, when we get older, talking about like, getting up to like 40. And like, you know, like, as we, as we live our life, I think like things happen to us. And we just get like, jaded, you know, like, for whatever reason, like, you know, that's just life. And like, I think, you know, in like, high school, or like, as I've grown older, it's like, I've, I've been jaded like there's like some some shitty stuff that has happened but it's like when I was young like I was so innocent and I knew who I was like I was you know um I like 
I was like so secure in my gender and like knew that I wasn't a girl and like knew but also knew I wasn't a boy and was like but like this like I don't know I would just love to have a conversation with them and like um I don't know I think I would tell them that like life is gonna get hard and there is gonna be barriers and you are gonna doubt yourself but like you like always come back to like who you are because like that's that's going to be your superpower and the most powerful thing on the track like you know and not just on the track off the track like when you can be true to yourself and like um yeah step into your own light that's when like you're gonna thrive and so I think I would I would tell them that and then I think yeah I would be curious as to what they would say to me I love that. <laughs> that was great. I think that's I think that's great closure. Unless you have any other messages, Nikki. No, I mean just sign up for the Pride Five K. <laughs> that's right. I love it. Plug it one last yeah, time. we have to include a link uh, with this episode <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no. I yeah, I think that's all I got. Thank you, thank you guys so much. This has been so fun, and um, yeah, I feel like just a really great conversation, and I'm excited. I I love podcasts and like I love track and field so like uh I'm constantly consuming content so I'm excited for more of your um talk with with pros I'm excited to listen and learn to to everyone and anyone <laughs> first chat with the pro Yay, complete Nikki. Yay. thank you Nikki <laughs> thank you